0: Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the March 22nd episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at Numbers 583 to 586 of the Catechism Jesus and the Temple. 583. Like the prophets before him, Jesus expressed the deepest respect for the Temple in Jerusalem. It was in the Temple that Joseph and Mary presented him 40 days after his birth. At the age of 12, he decided to remain in the temple to remind his parents that he must be about his father's business. He went there each year during his hidden life, at least for Passover. His public ministry itself was patterned by his pilgrimages to Jerusalem for the great Jewish feasts. 584. Jesus went up to the temple as the privileged place of encounter with God. For him, the temple was the dwelling of his father, a house of prayer, and he was angered that his outer court had become a place of commerce. He drove merchants out of it because of jealous love for his father. You shall not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. After his resurrection, his apostles retained their reverence for the temple. 585. On the threshold of his passion, Jesus announced the coming destruction of this splendid building, of which there would not remain one stone upon another. By doing so, he announced a sign of the last days, which were to begin with his own Passover. But the prophecy would be distorted in its telling by false witnesses during his interrogation at the high priest's house and would be thrown back at him as an insult when he was nailed to the cross. 586. Far from having been hostile to the temple when he gave the essential part of his teaching, Jesus was willing to pay the temple tax associating with him Peter, whom he had just made the foundation of his future church. He even identified himself with the temple by presenting himself as God's definitive dwelling place among men. Therefore, his being put to bodily death presaged the destruction of the temple, which would manifest the dawning of a new age in the history of salvation. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Very well. Today we continue looking at the life of Christ. In fact, while we read the Catechism, I I, I suppose I, I don't like giving people more things to read. But if you're not familiar with the Gospels, it would do no harm to read the Gospels. Maybe to start with the Gospel of Matthew and then John, and then to look at Luke and Mark if you wanted as well. But uh, a knowledge of the Gospels would be no harm to us. And then there's also the excellent series by Pope Benedict Jesus of Nazareth, he wrote three, a three-volume history of the life of Jesus that is also helpful for us if we want to know uh, the life of Jesus better, to know who he is. And here the Catechism goes in very brief detail through the life of Christ, and that's what we're seeing these days as we're together. And today we're looking at the relationship between Jesus and the temple. Again, the relationship is somewhat complicated, that Jesus is the new temple, that he fulfills the temple, that Christians don't have a temple. Our faith doesn't uh, depend on a physical place. For the Jews, the temple was sacred and it it could only be built in that place, which is why they haven't been able to rebuild it, even though the state of Israel exists because there's a mosque on the site, the Dome of the Rock, on the site of the ancient temple, the temple that was there in Jesus' time. They can't knock that down and build their own temple. And uh, one of the uh, facts that they're dealing with is they can't build it 500 meters away. It's not simply enough for them to buy the, the field next door or uh, to to build it in the same general area. It has to be built in that exact place. And so this temple, while it's vital for Judaism, and you could easily make the argument... ...that Judaism today is lacking because it doesn't have a temple. It's missing a very important element of, of Judaism. However, Christianity doesn't have this. Sure, we have um, many beautiful churches, but the churches aren't, uh, aren't necessary in a sense. I mean, the photograph that I'm using for the cover of this um, podcast... ...is a selfie that I took in uh, Hagia Sophia. Hagia Sophia, the, the Cathedral of Holy Wisdom... In Constantinople, which many people now call Istanbul, is the um, most beautiful church ever built. It was the uh, in the capital of the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire moved to Constantinople, Constantine's new city. and this church that was built by Justinian was the most beautiful church ever built. It's still absolutely amazing to visit. Yet it went after a thousand years of being a church to being a mosque for 400 years, I think it was. And now it's been a museum for the last 100. And Christianity can continue merrily on her way without a place, without a building. And so we have this, um, this tension here that Jesus is very respectful of the temple. It shows him being very respectful of the temple of the Old Testament as this institution where God is present, this special place where God is present, And that Jesus goes there and his life is spent coming up and down to the temple, going from Galilee to Jerusalem many times. That many of the journeys Jesus is on in the Gospels is that he's on his way either to or from the temple. And that this is um, something that even he will pay for. That the the miracle talks about paying the, the half shekel, the temple tax, when he catches the fish or he tells Peter to catch the fish. And in his mouth is a shekel that pays for Peter and for Jesus. And this is Jesus, the one who values the temple. He 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 drives out the um, the uh, those the merchants, those who are doing business in the temple. So it's very important for him. And yet, as Christians, while we respect this and we see this as being important, we don't have a temple. Again, our churches should be beautiful. Our churches should be a novel, be- more beautiful than many of them are. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many of our churches built over the last number of years are just plain ugly but um, our faith doesn't depend on buildings it doesn't depend on rooms it depends on the temple of jesus christ that he is our temple and since each one of us has a body as our own as a temple of the holy spirit but the main temple is jesus christ and we're invited to meet god in him that he is the dwelling place of god among us that only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and utter the name of God once a year on the feast of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the Day of Forgiveness for the Jews. But for Christians, forgiveness is available any day. Mercy is available all the time. That God is available all the time. That we can approach God at any, at any moment, at, in any place, in a concentration camp, in a prison, in uh, lost in the jungle. In your apartment, in the bathroom, wherever you are, you can you can approach God, and be close to Him in Christ, that Christ reigning in heaven, makes God present, all in all places, and that this is our hope, and that this is where, we can find our um, where we can find this saving presence. So we'll continue tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be looking at Numbers 587 to 591. God bless.